I'm sitting in the subway station. Manhattan is my destination. Traveling on that dirty train. Each day I live is much the same. And I think, what can I gain? Living in this endless game. Homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. Home to Yerushalayim. Home where my heart is lying. Home where my destiny waits. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Homeward Bound. This is the show about making Aliyah to the Holy Land of Israel. My name is Egal Siegel, and we're here in the Nachum Siegel Network every week to give you more information and more insights into making that big move to Israel. I am very happy today to be speaking to uh, two people together on the phone at the same time, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wynn and Sue Robbins. Uh, welcome, Wynn, to the, uh, to the air. Thank you. And thank you. Sue, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Okay, what I'd like to hear, um, let, let me start with you, Sue. Uh, first of all, where are you from in the States? New York City, all my life. And how long ago did you, uh, did you and your husband decide to make Aliyah? Uh, we decided uh, about three years ago okay, to make and, Aliyah. And, but and, we've been coming to Beit Shemesh since 2000, the year 2000. Uh-huh. Do you have children here? Yes. How many? I have, we have one daughter in Beit Shemesh with five children and one daughter in Hashmonayim with four children. Oh, very nice. And, uh, um, Wynne, you were, uh, also originally from New York? That's correct. Born and, and bred. And where were you guys living before you made Aliyah? In Manhattan, but for the same, in the same apartment on the Upper East Side for 48 years. Wow. <laughs> so it must have been a little difficult to make the move. Nope. Really? A piece of cake. <laughs> it was not difficult at all. We, we started, when I, when I retired in, in the year 2000, uh, we started to come here frequently. Uh, but in, uh, 10, 10 years ago, uh, after our daughter had an operation and required Sue to take care of her five little kids under the age of four. Wow. Uh, we came here for a stretch of three months and, uh, we had an apartment, rented an apartment across the street from where they live, and we continued to rent that apartment, and our routine became one of five months in Israel uh, and six months uh, abroad and one month traveling. And uh-huh. uh, so we became part of the community here long before we made our... Okay, and this is in Beit Shemesh or Ramat Beit Shemesh? In Beit Shemesh. Okay, what neighborhood in Beit Shemesh? Uh, Give us your rate, Scheinfeld. Uh-huh, okay. So, um, so you, basically you chose that neighborhood originally because you said you needed to be near your daughter, but, uh, you've, uh, over the years, you've become comfortable there yourselves, I assume, when? There is, in our community, a, an Anglo grandparents community that is marvelous. Uh, people who, all of whom came here because they wanted to, uh, not because they had to. Right. And, uh, we socialize with them uh, frequently. Every Shabbat afternoon, there is what's called a study group, where somebody, uh, a rabbi, uh, gives a shear in English, and uh, we all get together, uh, 30, 40, 50 of us, uh, for a shmooze and the shear. Uh, 
Wow. And it, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful community. Uh, I don't know that it exists anyplace else. The difference between living in Yerushalayim, for example, is where we there we would have friends, but right. we wouldn't have a community. Here we have a legitimate community, and uh, we take care of one another and visit one another and socialize with one another. Uh, it's, it's a terrific place. Ideal. That's great. Uh, I would like to add to that sure. uh, to say that uh, a very small number of this study group uh, at, at one time worked in Israel. So they came to Israel uh, to make Aliyah to work and then retire from their work. So so you're saying most of the people had retired before they came? I, is that what you said? We're not really sure. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Uh-huh. That's probably so, Sue, uh, let me ask you, it, 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 obviously you feel the same way as your husband in terms of the community that you're in. Um, do you feel that most of the people who, who came, it was a dream of theirs for many, many years to come, or it's something that it, because their children came, they ended up coming? What was the, what, what do you feel is like the, the general feeling about, um, about Aliyah from the people that you know in your, in your group there, in your social, uh, your social group? I, I think there are three components to that. I think they're, um, Aliyah-oriented, I think they're, um, they, they've always wanted to live in Israel. Uh, they've grown up uh, wherever they've grown up, in Canada, South Africa, or at the States, right. uh, wanting to, at one time, live in Israel and fulfill that dream. So uh, those are the two factors that contribute to the what we call the retired uh, Anglo-speaking community here in Beit Shemesh. Uh-huh. And I would assume that's probably similar to other communities or other areas of Israel that uh, people who are retired when they make Aliyah, it's because they've they've always wanted to. It's not just that they they feel dragged here or anything like that. We, we really can't answer for anybody else. <laughs> uh, I'm not I mean, asking uh, it. <laughs> that's, no, we don't, we don't know. We don't know whether that's true or not because we don't know of another community like ours. Well, do you uh, do you have any? Do you have any win? And let me ask you this: Do you have any opportunities to interact with other communities here in Israel, or it's basically? I interact with not community. Well, I guess I do, but uh, because I am uh, since since I'll give you some background. Sure, go ahead. Uh, when I retired in in the year two thousand, I was looking around for something to do, and I uh, became involved with. An organization called JBI International, where I recorded books for the blind. Uh, oh, the Jewish Braille Institute. Been, yeah, not in Braille. I recorded. No, that's what JBI English. means, right? JBI stands for that, isn't it? Jewish Braille Institute. Right. Yeah. And uh, I started doing that. I was coaching kids and running in Central Park from a from a public school, uh, and uh, I was also involved from the year two thousand and one on with NACO, North American Conference on Ethiopian Jewry, for whom I took pictures. And uh, indeed, I had uh, an exhibition at the Jewish, at the Yeshiva University Museum of my pictures of Ethiopian Jews. I got involved with the Ethiopian community a little bit here. Was photography uh, a hobby for you, or this was your yes. profession? Ah, I see. It's a hobby for me, a very serious hobby. And Sue is also a photographer. She has, she now has her own client of Melabev, uh, Oh, Malabev uh, in, uh, Malabev is based in Yerushalayim, isn't it? But there, we have a, a sniff in, in, uh, Beit Shemesh, a very active one, and, uh, 
Yeah, Sue was very she was involved with them. And I can talk about it. And Sue can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I when when we came over here starting in two thousand, the first thing I excuse me, eleven years ago, uh, ten years ago, uh I was looking for something to do. Uh Sue was taking care of five little kids and that was not my department. Right. And I discovered Live Note Ulahibanote by accident. Oh. And Started uh, working two days a week for Livnote, painting homes of poor Jews in Jerusalem. Wow. Uh, work which I loved. I also took pictures for them. Uh, and so my activities here, and, and I was able as well to record books for uh, JBI at the Hebrew University uh, campus. There was a studio there, uh, which I used uh, two days a week. And uh, so I had a pretty pretty full schedule. I also was taking pictures for NACOJ because uh, NACOJ uh, runs Limudiot and other programs for children here, and I was involved in taking pictures for them. Also, we had a friend. She's still a friend, but she's no longer the editor of the Amuna magazine, and I was their photographer. Wow. Uh, so... Uh, I, you I'm asked, getting tired just listening to this. I tell you. It's well, that isn't exactly <laughs> that isn't the half of what I do now. But uh, uh, well, let me the, let me let me speak to Sue for a second. Sue, um, um, so we heard a little about. Tell us a little about what you do for Milabev. Uh Well, I, I do two things for Milabev. Wynn got me involved or introduced me to Milabev because he had been taking photographs for them. Right. And since both of us have uh, cameras and we do photography together for our own pleasure, but also photography for organizations, so I uh, started to do photography for Alabev in their uh, programs. Right. Uh, Shoshana Lickman, who heads the um, Chemish Alabev program, runs a bat mitzvah program for girls, teaching bat mitzvah age girls. Uh, how to do tzedakah. Uh, I do those. Uh, chesed, that's a better term. Uh, chesed, yes. Uh, so I, I photograph the uh, programs that she does on uh, Monday afternoons. Uh, I've photographed uh, other programs at Melabev with Melabev clients, and I also do uh, home visits for Melabev. I've developed the home visiting program. Wow, that's fantastic! I mean, it... well, this is this is a carry on uh, from what Sue used to do in New York. Sue was involved in Bikur Cholim and our synagogue uh, at Memorial Hospital, and uh, was in the Hebrew, was the head of the Hebrew Kadisha uh, in our shul. And so the, we have a history of community service, right? And we're just trying to find ways to utilize, utilize our our skills and experience uh, for uh, over here. And fortunately, we found it. Yeah, I tell you, it's interesting um, that uh, a, a lot of uh, what the what we hear from people who are thinking of making aliyah, uh, people in your situation who have children here, and one of the things that really uh, kind of stops them in their tracks, or at least you know. Makes them pause. Is that you know what am I going to do in Israel? Here in America, I do this. I volunteer for this. I have my I have my friends. I have my network. I have my chesed that I do. And what am I going to do in Israel? And here we see that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't easy to to get into all these things. I'm not trying to it minimize. Was very it. easy. 
but uh, well, even better. But it's uh, there's plenty of organizations. As I mean, you've just mentioned, leave note, leave note, and uh, and and La Bave, and 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 within these organizations, there's so many different things that they do. And of course, there I'm, I'm sure there are other organizations that you're involved with. So people in the states who are hopefully listening to this program can take heart that there are plenty of opportunities for retirees who are looking for ways to spend their time. Uh, in a productive manner, there are plenty of opportunities to, to help out in a, in a lot of different ways here in Israel. And the good thing about Beit Shemesh is uh, that you don't have to speak Hebrew to do it. Right, and that's, of course, another uh, another thing that makes people uh, nervous. Um, and uh, we've found in many different communities, not just in Beit Shemesh, but in, there are pockets in, in a lot of different cities in, in, in Israel going all the way north and all the way south, of Anglo's who are able to create a community within a community and able to uh, able to flourish even without a uh, a very um, advanced let's put it advanced uh, knowledge of Hebrew. Um, well, it was very important to us uh, when we just uh, when we decided to make Aliyah, which uh, I didn't no longer wanted to come to Israel without health care, and that was the. Uh, impetus for us to uh, take out citizenship. Right. It was important to us to be independent, as independent as we could, with mm-hmm. a group of our own friends, which we were used to having in, in New York. Right. Uh, and as well as having our children, upon whom we rely, uh, particularly in the area of language, when we uh, because our uh, language facility in Hebrew uh, is at a very basic. Uh, almost kindergarten uh, level, and we wanted not to be a burden to our children. Uh, we would be a bur- we would have pleasure with our grandchildren if we could, and uh, exchange uh, meals and holidays with uh, them. But we also wanted to have a life of our own, right. which is something that we were used to. Um, so so we, we we were intent upon creating uh, and segueing our hobbies from New York. Uh, into hobbies here, transfer them. And we've successfully done that. That's great. Um, you mentioned before that uh, before you made Aliyah that you used to spend a month out of the year traveling. Uh, right. when, when are you still able to uh, to travel? Do you travel within Israel? you still go outside the country? What are you... Uh... Well, I travel in Israel to take pictures. Uh, but uh, we, we just came back in the spring from a trip to Japan. Well, w- since we have been... Since I've retired, we've made uh, four trips to India, one trip to Bhutan, two trips to China, one to Mongolia, uh, one to Japan, I mentioned, uh, and uh, also to the southwestern United States uh, when we were when we were over there. Uh, we are looking for another place to go to. It sounds like you've uh, covered a lot. <laughs> we have. We have done it. And because photography is our joint hobby, right. uh, these were all... All involved with the photography. On one trip, we took 30,000 pictures between us. Wow. On others, 20,000 pictures. I'm sure you guys are happy now with uh, with digital cameras. Oh, believe me. <laughs> believe me, we are. Um, but we also use our photographic interest to uh, photograph um, things in Israel, so we we do travel for that as well, you know, in addition to traveling for right, right, uh, exactly. photography for organizations. Well, and one fantastic. thing I, I, I might add mm-hmm. is that when I first retired, I thought I might be able to support my hobby by t- selling pictures. Right. I discovered that I could not sell them. Uh, nobody wa- sold four pictures 
in the first couple of years, and that was it. Nobody else wanted to buy, but people who, to, to whom we offered to give them uh, were delighted, and they, <laughs> the organizations used them, and uh, people have our pictures on their walls, and uh, we're very happy doing that. That's Thank great. God we don't need the money uh, from photography, because otherwise we'd starve. But, uh, it's, it's been extremely gratifying to do that. I decided that learning, since I really don't have uh, a yeshiva or day school background, okay. uh, that learning was just not for me. I just couldn't do it. Uh, and so, and a lot of our friends here learn. Right. That's, that's what they do in retirement. Uh, so we don't do that. Uh, we instead go around trying to do things in the community. Well, it sounds like uh, you're both uh, very successful at that. And it's uh, it's very inspiring to hear this. And I I hope again that our listeners in the states, in North America in general, um, who are thinking in terms of uh, making aliyah, whether it's now or in the future. After they retire, they can listen to to what Wynn and Sue Robbins are saying, that there are plenty of opportunities here for Anglos who do not have a great knowledge of Hebrew. Um, there's, there's, so, there's so much to, to, to give here. There's so, much, there's so many places that need um, people who want to remain active, who want to do chesed, and it sounds like you two guys are, are doing such a great job of that, and it's, uh, it's really inspiring to talk to you about this. I, I tell you that... Uh, it's 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 so nice when we're doing this show to meet the kind of people that you are that uh, coming to Israel um, and you know your children are here but you're you're dedicating yourselves to 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 doing something for the land doing something for the people it's 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 a great thing to hear. You don't have to know Hebrew to pick vegetables for leket. <laughs> you don't have to know Hebrew to paint homes for live note to Uh so that there are things that can be done. Uh, it requires some effort, but that's the fun of it. Because if we didn't do these things, we'd sit around and vegetate. Right. We don't want to do that. Well, so we want to keep as active as uh, we can. I should tell you, maybe you don't want to know, but uh, I'll tell you anyhow. <laughs> Sue is 81, and I will be 80 uh, in July. Please wow, can I know her? And uh, we like to think that we're by doing the things we do, uh, we are... Staying young. Well, it sounds like you both are. We're deluding ourselves, but that's what we think. <laughs> no, it sounds like you're doing a great job. And you should both be healthy and be able to do this until you're 120. That's our blessing Thank to you. you. And as they say uh, in Hebrew, call a kavod. Yes, I'm sorry. May, I give, may I give a suggestion to sure. your listeners? Sure, 100%. Um, if, you are, if your listeners are made, considering making Aliyah, please consider very seriously, but also prepare yourselves to have skills and interests which you would like to investigate before you retire because a successful retirement, no matter where you live, but especially if you live in Israel, is to have interests that are upon which you can draw to offer your volunteer time. And there are many organizations where you can volunteer, where you the, the organizations have a component where English is, uh, skills are important, and uh, just do it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a great message, and 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 call a kavod to both of you. It's really been a pleasure speaking to you. We're speaking to Win and Sue Robbins, residents of Beit Shemesh, who moved here um, after retiring and who are doing tremendous things here in Israel. And the message is that you can too. And uh, as Sue just said, you know, find something that interests you that you want to pursue and bring it to Israel and you can really do tremendous things here. Win and Sue, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. 
Thank we you, thank Eagle. you. Thank you. Okay, this is Eagle Siegel for Homeward Bound, and we'll be back right after this message. If you've always dreamt of moving to Israel and establishing a brand new life in the Holy Land, it's time to call Nefesh Benefesh, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-A-L-I-Y-A-H, or log on now to their comprehensive website for all the assistance you need to get to Israel, nbn.org.il. That's the Nefesh Benefesh website. Head there now, nbn.org.il. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Homeward Bound. Of course, the name Rachel Berger is very familiar to our listeners to Homeward Bound. Rachel is the Director of Employment for Nefesh Benefesh, and Rachel is here again with some great insights into the employment arena of living in Israel. Rachel, welcome back to our program. Hello, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm fine. Thank you so much for asking. Okay, now, Rachel, today, what is our topic? I think something you wanted to deal with, um, the sciences, and, and to talk about that a little. Correct. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities in Israel for people with a science background, and I wanted to share that with your listeners because sometimes people already have that background, whether they're pharmacists or biologists or physicists or chemists, but sometimes some of our listeners will be students who are thinking, what should I study in school? And I want to focus today a little bit about Israel's brain gain. There actually is a program called Brain Gain, and I wanted to feature that a little bit, uh, run by a woman named Dr. Nurit Eyal, where what we're trying to do is bring people who have this kind of background to Israel to participate in the very exciting uh, both programs and companies here uh, in the scientific arena. Okay, so um, well, let's start off. Let's start with the uh, when you mentioned pharmacists and people who are out there in the uh, let's say the commercial world. So you're saying that there's a need for there's a need for people like that here. That's what you're saying. For sure, whether pharmacists, whether it's you know working in a pharmacy, but most likely working for places like Teva or other pharmaceutical ah, okay. companies, developing things here. It's a very very exciting platform, and one of the things about Israel is that there is a ton of creativity, and there is a lot going on not only in the startup sector of high tech and computers that we talk about, but also in the arenas of biotech and pharmaceuticals. Okay, so in terms of going back to the, to, to the uh, student um, that we're talking to, if we're talking to somebody who's about to make a decision about going to college, what they want to study, or even, I guess, even in high school, if they want to concentrate, if they have an interest in this type of work, in this type of uh, arena, so this is something that what can, they, what can they do in their college or in their high school uh, years that will help prepare them for something like this in Israel? So depending on what interests they have, Having a background, whether it's in biology or chemistry or whether it's in engineering, um, biotech engineering or mechanical engineering or um, anything in that arena. In Israel, we call it reality. In other words, a person can go and study something that is a hard science, reality, or they can study something that's humani, the humanitarian um, education. And what happens is, is that here in Israel, if you come with a background in the sciences or in technology, but again, from an engineering background, finding opportunities at work is totally different. It is, it's really not hard to do so. But what's more interesting is that 
Israel is developing and is at the cutting edge of a lot of these industries. So you can have an exciting career here. Now, if somebody, let's say, um, has been doing other things in, Israel, uh, in America, uh, is, this, is, 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 is there a reality to, obviously, if someone wants to study being an engineer, it's something which hopefully they started studying as when they went in for their BA in the first place. But are there any, any um, subcategories within the sciences where someone who can, who's looking to start a second career, as we've discussed in the past, is it possible that they could do something in a couple of years of training that, that would lead them into this, uh, in this, into this arena? Or it's, uh... So we had a guy who worked here at Nefesh Benefesh who um, came with a master's in history. Mm-hmm. And he thought he would work in Jewish nonprofits. And then when he came here, he realized that engineering was his thing. And, uh, and he actually went back to school in Israel. Um, and became an engineer here and is now working in his field, and he's very, very happy. So how many years did that, that took him? No, four but years? That, that's going to take you four years. Right. I would, you know, we, we talked in the past about people who are transitioning or retraining, and there are opportunities for people like that, but we look at the industries in a very different way. I'm not going to tell you that there aren't people who do career A until age 40, then go and retrain and really invest in their education, and then do career B. They are, but that's really unusual. What I'm saying more is that people who are at the beginning stages of uh, thinking about coming to Israel, there are real opportunities in this area. Um, just to give you some background, I was counseling an Ola about six months ago who came with a master's from Brandeis in, uh, in uh, biotechnology. And by using uh, LinkedIn and other online forms, found a position relatively quickly uh, where today he is a team lead and has about 15 people who report to him. Mm-hmm. He's not yet 30, and he's, he goes to international conferences in his field, and he's really built something, and he's an ole. And I always say, and he's an ole, because you need to understand that sometimes people in the States feel like, oh, but how am I going to make a living there? Right. Or, oh, things are working out for me here. Where am I going to find the opportunities? And we do have a lean in these areas, and... The job transition is just, it, I don't want to say it's not a big deal, but it's one of the easier transitions. I have somebody who was in pharma, an expert in cosmetics. She was like a cosmetic scientist. God bless. Did you ever hear of a cosmetic scientist? <laughs> you know? And uh, and she wanted to work for Dead Sea Products, and that's where she's working now, actually, as a scientist wow. with Dead Sea Products. But- yeah. Again, let's go back to one of the old conversations that we've had before, the knowledge of Hebrew. How important is the knowledge of Hebrew in these types of things? Let's say the, the person you just mentioned who is now a team leader, how is, it, how is he doing with his Hebrew? So most of these people have um, proficient Hebrew. I'm not going to tell you that they're a Bialik or they're going to win the Nobel Prize for Literature anytime <laughs> soon. That's not happening. But most of these people can get by in Hebrew. But within the sciences, you should know that many, many people speak English. They need to speak English. Will you get a job 100% in English? No. 
but um, there are jobs for people, and uh, you go through the OPON system. I want to, at this point, plug something new that we're going to be launching in the next month. We hope to be teaching um, Hebrew pre-Aliyah through our webinar program. So anybody that's interested in Aliyah within the next year or just would like to start learning Hebrew, uh, you can join us on our webinar program, and that's going to be launched within the next month. That's great. Yeah. That's a great thing. All right, we're speaking to Rachel Berger, the Director of Employment here at Nefesh Benefesh. We've been speaking uh, about the uh, the sciences in general uh, as a, a career track for those especially who are thinking in terms of what they're going to do. Uh, they're, they're going to school now. They're about to start going to school. They're in school and they're choosing a major, and they have an interest in the sciences. There's a tremendous amount of opportunities here. Let me take a, a little uh, tangent from this. Uh, my my feeling, or at least from what I've heard in the past, is that in these areas, what is a tremendous need in Israel are teachers who can teach the sciences. Is that something that you've seen that the uh, college professors uh, uh, that that type of is that is that type of need still there? So there's a great program that's run out of uh, one of the universities where they take Israelis um, or Olim that have majored in a science. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to have majored in education. You've majored in a science, and they put you in schools in the periphery for two to three years. It's like a Teach for Israel program in order to do two things. One, um, because you, you're you at that age in your 20s, you're cooler. Uh, I don't know if they told you that, Yig. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, they go into the classrooms and they can get people turned on to the sciences that they studied. Uh, and it's a very, very nice program and it's Teach for Israel. And, and it's answering the need of the shortage of, uh, of teachers in the sciences. Um, that's something that exists. But again, that's for somebody who wants to be involved in education right, right. and you can also go to the universities here get a master's in teaching science education what about um a lot of people go to universities not just to teach but to do research uh is that something which is also available for anglos who are moving here it's hard to get into academia in israel we've had olim who've done it mm-hmm. you know okay that, all right, so we're speaking to Rachel Berger again. Uh, anyone who has any questions about this specific topic about sciences or anything to do with employment can email employment at nbn.org.il. Uh, again, on the website at nbn.org.il, there's a tremendous uh, resource, the uh, A to Z employment directory, any type of job you can think about. Um, there's articles that Rachel posts, of course. Rachel, tell us again how uh, people can be in touch with you on LinkedIn and other uh, social media. So on social media, it's just my name, Rachel Berger, and if you uh, either on LinkedIn search Rachel Berger Nefesh Benefesh or Facebook Rachel Berger, I'm happy to be your friend or your contact and show you where the jobs are here in Israel. Okay, great. So uh, thank you very much, Rachel, for this uh, for this few minutes with you. Uh, we will, of course, be speaking to Rachel again in the future. This is Egal Siegel for Homer Bound, and we'll be back right after this message. If you've always dreamt of moving to Israel and establishing a brand new life in the Holy Land, it's time to call Nefesh Benefesh, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866, the number 4, A-L-I-Y-A-H, or log on now to their comprehensive website for all the assistance you need to get to Israel, nbn.org.il. That's the Nefesh Benefesh website. Head there now, nbn.org.il. 
All right, this is uh, Egal Siegel from Homeward Bound, and uh, we want to thank you very much for listening to another great edition of our show about making Aliyah to Israel. Nefesh Benefesh is the sponsor of this program, and again, Nefesh Benefesh can be reached at nbn.org.il. 1-866-4-ALIYAH, 866, the number 4, and A-L-I-Y-A-H. And we hope that you're planning to be homeward bound. Home to Yerushalayim or anywhere in Israel. A lot of great places to live here, so come. Make those plans and join us here. This is Egal Siegel from the Nachum Siegel Network and Homer Bound saying thank you so much for listening.